My name is Blaine Price. I'm a senior lecturer in computing at the Open University. I recently spoke to Daryl Ince, emeritus professor of computing and editor of the Turing Computation Papers. Turing is widely regarded as the father of computer science. How does Professor Ince see his contribution? He invented, I think that's the best word, the Turing machine, which was um, a model of computation which is reflected in every sort of computer we use today. The computer in my iPhone, the computers in a large scientific establishment, the computers that are attached to the hull of a ship which measure temperature for climate researchers. He had a model of computation which lasts to this very day and it works for tiny computers up to supercomputers. And can you explain briefly for us what his model of computation is? Well, it's, it's based on a tape machine where the computation is carried out by a tape moving under a head. The sort of advantage of that is that it, for example, simplifies the description of, of an algorithm. Okay? If you look in any book on the theory of computation, almost, almost the first thing you meet is a Turing machine. And it was when he developed it, it was a remarkable piece of futurology. It presaged the architectures, in a sense, abstract architectures of computing. And it was the, it was the Turing machine and his other work which established an area of computing known as the theory of computation. And what's staggering, actually, he was a prime mover when we didn't have any computers. He just conjured it out of the ether. And theory of computation is an interesting, it's quite a dense subject, it's very mathematical, but it's led to all sorts of practical applications. Let's take, take an example. There's a sub-branch of the theory of computation called computational complexity. It developed in the 70s. It's in the same sort of flavour as all the other working in theory of computation. And what it does is that it attempts to discover whether particular algorithm or computer program is going to be efficient or inefficient. So for example, let's take an example of um, sat-nav. You type in your destination and what happens is that a computer inside the sat-nav, which is reflected in the Turing machine, does a calculation. It looks at all the potential routes and finds the one which either is the shortest or is going to take the least time. And Turing didn't work in the theory of computational complexity. However, what is certain is that he established the whole discipline of which that is a subdiscipline, and where we can now say, yeah, that satnav application is going to run in a certain amount of time. You've mentioned um, theory of computing. One of the more famous uh, problems that every computer scientist is taught about is the halting problem. Can you briefly explain what the halting problem is and how it works? The halting problem is if you're given a description of a computer program, you, you have to decide whether that program finishes running or continues to run forever. So um, it's an example of a decision problem, a problem where you have a yes or no, and it's one of the key results in the theory of computation. It's easy to formulate and impossible to solve using a Turing machine. And what is important about the halting problem was that inside it there was a formal definition of what a computer is and what a piece of software or a computer program was. Highly theoretical piece of work, 
not something you'd put in front of the readers of a newspaper or a magazine, but it was another example of his forward-looking view of the world. You mentioned about some of his work, at least, being in unpublished manuscripts. Yeah. And today, he's, of course, in computer science, noted as, the, as one of the founding fathers, as you've said, the, the, the yeah. Nobel Prize equivalent for the computing. The Turing Award. Is yeah. the Turing Award. Yeah. But um, in his time, could you describe how he was regarded as an academic? Because he, he did a lot of his work that was unpublished at the time. Um, what's interesting, perhaps not at his time, but... He was regarded by a fairly narrow community as a leviathan. I think he was much bigger and much broader than that. What is profoundly impressive about his work is that it encompassed both theory and practice. On the one hand, he applied logic, for instance, symbolic logic or predicate calculus, what you like, mathematics, tough mathematics, to theoretical problems. And on the other hand, he was involved in solving real-life problems where real lives were at stake. You know, he was a cryptographer in which he used mathematics when he was at... Actually, he was involved in development of computers. And I think when I edited the computation papers, he was, in a sense, somebody who was recognized by computer scientists and by mathematicians, but not in the wider world as that. You mentioned some of the breadth of his work. Could you tell us a bit about some of the work he did that doesn't quite relate closely to computing, like the morphogenesis? Morphogenesis is an interesting one, and it's the one which he's still not known that well for. What he did was, I think it was in the early 50s, maybe 1951, is to describe the way that non-uniformity, things like stripes, spots, spirals, etc., arise naturally out of sort of homogenous states, sometimes referred to as reaction diffusion theory of morphogenesis. And it has, it served as a basic model in theoretical and computational biology um, to this very day. It's seen by some as, um, as a precursor to chaos theory. So what we're actually talking about is not just a man who does theory and then gets his hands dirty in cryptography and computer building, but as somebody who jumps from one discipline to another. Where would you see Turing's enduring legacy? The Turing machine. That will always be there as a key item. The fact that he articulated the importance of high-level abstractions and their utility. Too often we're forced as computer scientists and software engineers into going down to details far too quickly without having some sort of theory. He was a model for researchers and he addressed the theory, the Turing machine, and yet he went down into, at Bletchley, onto things like the Enigma code. And what Turing is, is a, is a model is a model for basic research. He's actually a much bigger model. He's a model for basic research and then goes out and does it in terms of detail, which a lot of theoreticians tend to avoid a bit. Another thing, he had a very panoramic view of his subject. He dealt with theory, computability, hardware, game playing, artificial intelligence, neural nets. He even presaged the mathematical theory of programming languages and software. So we're talking about somebody who, when computers were non-existent or when they were very, very primitive, was talking about stuff 
which we now regard as mainstream. Thank you very much for your time. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.